dwelling in the darkest depths of the mind. It's time for Mark D. Valenti and Brain Burrow. Hello, everyone. This is Mark D. Valenti, and this is another episode of Brain Burrow. This is one of our Digging Deep sessions where we have a chance to talk to our guest and understand their perspective on their life. What do they value? What do they worry about? What are they driving toward? And you as the guest out there, the guest, the listener, or the viewer have an opportunity to look at this and say, how does this apply to me? So with that, I want to open this up and ask my guest, Shelby Hightower, the big open-ended question, who exactly is Shelby Hightower? That's a great question. I think, um, I think people are like prisms. So I think everyone is the universe just, you know, streaming through a different prism. So like the, the essence is all the same. So the question like who is Shelby Hightower means like, what is different about you, I guess. So I'm a female, um, I'm white, I'm a millennial, I'm college educated, super lucky. Um, I'm a creative, I'm like a dreamer. I can't do math without a calculator. Um, I'm a dog mom, I'm a wife, and a daughter and a sister, and an actor. That's right. <laughs> that's why you're on the show. It makes sense. Thanks, right. Shelby. <laughs> yes. So that's a very interesting perspective on the universe, right? As far as the prism, I really like that, actually. You know, everybody's kind of the same, but the prism actually makes us different. So where'd you come up with that perspective? Um. I went to school for acting at Boston University and for my senior thesis, uh, you had to like pick a bunch of different pieces, some like Shakespeare, some, you know, modern, and then some that weren't actually from theater at all, just random. And I was a big fan and am still a big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson and, you know, space. And um, so I did like a, a lecture of his basically as a piece of my, as an acting piece. And he talks about that. He talks about how the five, you know, main ingredients of the universe is exactly what we're made up of. Like, we are supposed to be here for sure. You know, like, <laughs> we're all made of the same stuff. Um, and it was just so inspiring. I used to cry. I'm like almost about to cry. Cry, like thinking about it. You know, the stardust thing. I don't know if you know, but, you know, he says we're all just made of stuff that star like stars exploded and made all these elements and and now we're here. It's just so crazy. So I feel like, am I shouting? No, no, no not at all. First of all, that just means you're passionate about the topic and there's nothing wrong with that. It comes across well. Yeah. Thank you. That's true. Um, so yeah, so that's where I got that idea. And then the prism is just what makes sense from that, that we're all just slightly different, you know, vials or whatever, vessels. And that's what makes this special. So again, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being passionate at all. I think that's an <laughs> awesome thing. So what makes yeah. you so passionate about this topic? I'm an idealist and I've always wanted peace like super badly. And it's really hard to like 
get there, you know, in this world. So uh, I feel like, like clinging on to science, the science that proves my hippy dippy theories that like, we should all love each other and be brothers and sisters. Um, yeah, it's like a lifesaver, like a life float for me. Like I'm not crazy. Like we are supposed to all be able to get along, but I don't know. It's like money and greed, like messes everything up or whatever. Interesting. So you think that that somehow interfered with this cosmic goal and this where we were actually headed and money and greed actually is the thing that uh, distracted us a bit. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the like dichotomy of body and mind too. like the kind of like we're animals still. So we need to eat and survive, but we're also these spiritual, you know, beings like oh it's just like we're in a rough go at it from like animal to enlightened being we're like in the puberty stage so we're just like you know killing each other and yeah Hmm. okay (laughs) interesting (laughs) well that's very um cosmic to say the least so how does that approach that attitude that philosophy how does that impact you day to day shelby Um, well, it helps me forgive people and forgive myself. I think I, you know, I'm obviously not perfect and I still am hard on people and and myself, especially, um, but the reminder, and especially as an actor, like you have to, you have to be able to play Hitler or whatever. So you got to find humanity in everyone and and yeah, treat everyone with respect and be nice. That's like the least we can do. And it's, it's, it is, it's hard still. Is there an issue whenever you try to, or you're asked to play a character that does sort of misalign with that cosmic goodness? I mean, you mentioned Hitler is an extreme example, but I mean, I'm just wondering if there ever is a situation where you um, have issues with characters you play. I haven't actually yet. I always feel bad for them Um, or, you know, empathize with them. Well, tell me a bit Um, how you muster that empathy for the people that may be sort of universally disliked. That's a good question, right? Like the villains. You, that's like your acting homework. It's like you got to create that whole world and you got to really live in their skin. And I mean, Hitler wasn't allowed to go to art school, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, it's really, it's really like making a full, fully fleshed out backstory. And we did this exercise in um, college called a life river, where you like do a birth of a person and the worst thing that ever happened to them and what they wish they would have said and then their death. And it's like every person you pass on the street has these huge life events and these things that have happened to them and these things they're struggling with. And like, there are a lot of a-holes out there and it's just like, it's just cause people just get battered down over time. It's a really tough life for a lot. It's a tough go at it, you know? And, and, and I think 
for me, like the hardest person to forgive is actually myself. So forgiving others um, comes more easily. I think probably because I'm a female, I think the maternal instinct, like I, I would, I would want to mother everyone. You know what I mean? Take care of everyone. Okay. So why don't you take care of everybody? I can't. It's too many people. <laughs> okay. So then how do you balance where you focus your caring, right? Because I mean, there's obviously to your point, a limit to the amount of time and energy you can spend right. caring for people. So how do you determine where you divert your energy? Yeah, like finances. Um, that says a lot about that. I have to give my attention to my husband and myself first and foremost, you know, and we're still kind of young artists. So like, we are auditioning nonstop and just hustling nonstop and like working a million jobs and scheduling a million things. Um, and it's amazing. It's like, it's what we want, but it can get dizzying. Um, and yeah, like, I wish I had a billion dollars to, to give to everyone, you know, like give everyone $10,000, like make a year for everyone. <laughs> um, but I think I used to struggle with this, like whether or not to be an actor, it's like, shouldn't I, if I feel this way, just go be in the Peace Corps or like go to Africa and build villages and so on. And my voice teacher at the time, Paula Langton, she's amazing, um, was like, you know, I used to think the same thing. And she actually did. She like would go to villages and build whatever water systems. And, and she was like, and everywhere I went, they asked me to act. Everywhere I went, they asked me to perform because it's who I am. So I think that really stuck with me. Like this, this is how I'm going to help people. You know, I know it. It's just a matter of time. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? You use the platform of acting and the influence you have that way to make those changes. And I think that's exactly. pretty powerful. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. So mm. this is a very big motivation for you in helping others and trying to right the wrongs in the world. I mean, it's obviously driving a lot of what you do. Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm. So at what point though, did you start exploring acting? Um, I guess I was 10 in community theater, I was Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. And it like flipped me over from swimming every summer on the team swim team to doing plays every summer. And I just kept doing community theater and like, loved it so much. And eventually this one lady was like, you could do this if you wanted, like you can go to college for this. She was a, a casting director in Philly at the time. And I was like, Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah, she really convinced me that I could actually do it. So, so I think I was, I was in high school at that time. Yeah, so it really was this person who had an influence on you who acted as a mentor and was able yes. to instill that confidence. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So in a, as an adult, you know, living your life now, do you ever feel that your confidence wavers? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. So when, like, what is some, some things that kind of trigger your confidence to kind of go down? Oh my gosh. I do a lot of voiceover, my booths back there. And sometimes you'll get like a click in your, you know, saliva on like the same word. I had this audition for the Colorado lottery 
which is already hard to say a little bit. And like, I couldn't get a click out of the word Colorado. And I said it, I don't know how many times I was about to like break the house down. And yeah, I mean, myself making mistakes definitely triggers me because I'm very used to not making mistakes. I try, I definitely have a perfection issue. Okay. (laughs) So talk more about that, right? If you see you're used to not making mistakes, I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah, you're right. That is such a bold statement. (laughs) So tell me more about how you're feeling about that. (laughs) Yeah, that is so crazy that I said that. I guess I just grew up at, in a private school that was um, had a really good reputation. And if you were dumb, like people made fun of you. If you didn't get the right answer, like you're dumb. And I guess that's probably every school. I don't know. But it definitely felt like very buttoned up and like, get it right. You know what I mean? And maybe that was just me in my young head, but I, I don't know. I, I loved that school at the same time, but um, part of me thinks that it was like, it, it, it kind of made me not okay with mistakes, which is really hard to deal with now because we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meditating. It's been helping. Okay. So talk about that. How does meditation actually help you work on your perfection paralysis or whatever you want to call it? Sure. I like that term. Um, it, it gives you like, once you practice it enough, you get used to the feeling of giving your own brain like space to breathe and knowing your thoughts are just thoughts. Um, like clouds passing by, you know, and once you practice that feeling enough, you can drop into it more easily when you realize that you're having like a fear response to making a mistake. Um, but I still need to practice more. (laughs) Well, that's okay. I think that says a lot about you that you identify the opportunity to practice more. So I want to go back to what you said before, when you identified yourself as a creative what exactly, what exactly does that mean to you? Well, you know, when I was saying it, I was thinking actually of my day job right now, which is making soap for um, a woman's company and we sell it to Whole Foods. Um, it's just like me and one other girl. We just are in a little shop like making soap all day. And it's really beautiful and it smells amazing. It's creative and it's a little sciencey too. But um, I guess the creative and the dreamer, it's like I just am drawn to things of that nature, to acting, to voice acting, to singing. Um, And I guess it's a way to put people in boxes and be like, oh, like I don't do math well, blah, blah, blah. But I think that's what I meant is that I'm just (laughs) more artsy. Okay. Well, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. It's a, you know, as human beings, we try to look at the universe around us and try to put labels on things. It helps us understand the world a little bit better to your point. It does. Right. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. I guess not. Yeah. Hmm. 
So what challenges do you have though, as a creative? But the hardest thing for me goes back to the idealism and having to um, reconcile it with our political climate and everything else and our past, my goodness. But, um, but I'm working on also like being a little more positive and being grateful for things and, and knowing that things might've been bad or may be bad, but that it's, um, it's all, it's all, you know, necessary to, I don't know, reach some point. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> talk more about that. What do you mean? It's all necessary. Like there is no bad without good. So, you know, like Trump was like a, a backlash, you know, and maybe without, without him being so egregious, we wouldn't have had the reckoning we've had with, you know, racism. So that's what I mean. Like, like, even though I think humans, you know, and we are like destroying the planet and like, we barely deserve anything or we kill each other and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you're being too harsh again. Like, you know, things sometimes have to be that way in order to work its way into something better, perhaps. Well, I actually really like that. It's as you said, it's about the balance, right? The yin yang, as far as you can't have one side without the other, there's gotta be something. So, okay. And when things get out of balance, then oftentimes the resulting reaction is a lot more intense. Let's just say. Uh So that makes sense. Okay. Well, clearly you've thought a lot about all this. I'm wondering like, what's your influence? Like where do all these sort of philosophical approaches come from Shelby? My gosh, I don't know. (laughs) I took philosophy in school in like eighth grade. There was this crazy middle school teacher who like did a lunchtime philosophy class, like come in if you want. And I did that and he was pretty cool. And yeah, I've just always been a big thinker. And, and, and like too much thinking too, like that's what gets it like too wide, which is what the meditation helps with. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay. That's fair. We don't necessarily need to identify every single person that ever influenced us. Um, but it seems like these sort of Eastern philosophies and these balance sort of approaches influence you now because you're going to say something. I guess, I guess I could be more specific, like Eckhart Tolle. Do you know him? He's a, he's a, he's an author. He wrote, um, stillness speaks and a new earth. And like Oprah did a long, uh, like Monday podcast with him every week about it. And, um, that's very cosmic and very, you know, um, it's like you categorize it as a self-help book. Um, and I, I can't even summarize it for you. I'm sorry. It's like too grand, but it's okay. People, <laughs> people are welcome to look it up if they wanted to. Actually, yeah, Eckhart Tolle, he's great. And Joe Dispenza, Doctor Joe Dispenza, he's um, he's uh, he was a doctor, and now he's like helping people like spontaneously heal their bodies. Like he had a horrible accident and um, broke his back and healed it like literally with meditation. It's crazy. 
That is pretty crazy and inspirational yeah. for sure. Yeah, he really believes that we have the power to do every we like our bodies are so intelligently designed that we can we all the answers are like the the strongest flu shot is already inside of us or whatever mm. not saying not to get flu shots i don't think but <laughs> he was making a point of like the chemistry of it literally mm. like literally is already in us gotcha yeah it's really cool hmm. i imagine again people may have the impetus to look this up after hearing <laughs> you talk about that for sure he's amazing yeah so i guess you know as we're kind of coming up to the 30 minute mark. I wonder as you look forward, Shelby, you know, what's next for you? What do you, what do you see yourself doing in the next few years? Where do you see yourself going? How are you evolving? Oh my, what a question. Well, my husband and I just bought our house, so I don't see myself like moving anywhere. <laughs> We're uh, in love with this house. Um, yeah, really. I see myself just strengthening my relationship with my husband like we had to live um with my brother before living here which was great financially and we love him and stuff but obviously it wasn't great like we were married and living in my siblings house um and and so i'm he's a an artist too and i'm just really excited for us to like grow our artist lives together now in this house, in our studio, you know what I mean? Um, and we both do voiceover and he's a singer as well. So I just feel like, especially after COVID again, like we're, everything's expanding and like all these little networks are going out and feelers are going out and it's really exciting. So I, I can't say exactly, but you know, growing, growing our careers together. And somehow you feel like living in the same space with this artistic energy will help move you yes. all forward. Okay. Yes. And we moved into the city of Philadelphia where we were, we were in the burbs okay. before. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So Shelby, I like to ask a lot of questions on this show, which I've asked you a few, few already, and you've done a great job of responding to them. Mm-hmm. The last question I want to ask you is more kind of a self-perspective question. What do you feel that most people, what, what do you think that most people misperceive about you? I guess if it's like strangers, um, I'm like a little girl. So I would think that people wouldn't think I'm tough, perhaps. And I feel like I am tough. And that's actually like my brand almost. It's like what I get cast as um, or like sassy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. If it's a stranger than that. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. And even after I met you the first time on set that one fateful day back in last <laughs> August, actually, I probably would have felt the same thing. I wouldn't have said, oh, she's so tough or anything like that. You're very friendly and collaborative and communicative. Yeah. And I wouldn't say like a little girl, but definitely very um, nice. We use that very generic term. So yeah. And sense. real smiley, real excited energy, especially when I'm meeting someone, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that was actually a very fantastic perspective that you just shared right now. So it seems like you're very clued into what other people think about you. Oh, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to share at least one more thing to anybody that's listening out there. What do you want people to walk away with after listening to this podcast or viewing this vidcast? What do you want people to walk away with thinking about Shelby Hightower? 
thinking about me. Yeah. Or unless you have some other advice to people, whatever you want to, whatever you want to give people as the last bit of uh, information. Well, I want, I want people to know that they're all worthy and they're all loved and no one's alone. And about me, I want people to know that um, <laughs> I'm an artist and and I'm excited to work. And if you dig it, like, let's work together. <laughs> Very well said. I love yeah. that uh, enticing offer out there. If people see you and say, all right, yeah, yeah, come on. And like, letts work yep. together. I like that. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yep. Very good. Thank you. Well, Shelby, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show today and answering my many questions and yeah, giving purposeful you. pauses and thinking about them. Yes. Thank you so much. This was, this was awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for your patience and all of that. Uh, I know we had to reschedule a couple of times as well. So thank you. So, uh, and I want to also, of course, thank the listeners and viewers out there for taking the time to tune into Brainborough. On behalf of Shelby Hightower, this is Mark D. Valenti. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You just dug deep with Mark D. Do you want more? Follow Mark on Instagram at Valenti Horror and subscribe to the Brain Burrow Podcast. <laughs>